0: Well, hello there and welcome to episode 161 of Pop Culturally Deprived, where each week we watch a movie I've never seen before, which is still most of them somehow, and talk about the good, the bad, and the cellar door. This week we're going to be talking about Donnie Darko on your Why Are You Wearing That Stupid Man Suit podcast. on twitter at mandy
1: k and well hello there i'm matthew vose you can find me on twitter at matthew vose
0: oh you like the way i, changed I
1: that love little that bit? i love the big high energy start let's do this
0: <laughs> we all need a lot of high energy right absolutely.
1: now. absolutely low-key tense sci-fi drama films yeah yeah we're not having none of that low-keyness we're getting into this bring it
0: watching them in quarantine <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? The great thing about podcasting is we can still do it while we are in quarantine. Oh,
1: exactly. Exactly. And we're going to. We are going to. We were about to make an announcement to everyone about, hey, we're going to take a month off. We're going to catch up. We've had all this malarkey going on with having to move across the country and having to catch up on holidays and quarantines and not being able to do anything. But we know everyone's in need of content at the moment. So we're not taking a month off. We're going to give you content. What what we're not going to do is release new episodes of Prop Culture Deprived. Uh, so for the month of April, we are going to be giving you some of our exclusive content that we put up on Patreon. So our Patreon pals, you may have heard these. And we still love you. Hopefully. Uh, we, hopefully. But we still love you and we're still going to be doing exclusive content for you as well. But for all our listeners, we're going to put out some of our recordings about the MCU shows. So things like Thor Ragnarok and the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, And maybe some other recordings that we've done on other movies, depending on how much content we need to throw in there. So there'll be something in your feed at least every Tuesday. And if we can, we will put out a bit more because we want you to have lots of exciting content.
0: And the fun thing about it is that you will get to hear voices other than mine with Matthew in several of these episodes. (laughs) It's not just me and Matthew talking the MCU the whole time.
1: (laughs) And you'll get to hear the really strange one where we did an intro recording and then we did a recording after you'd watched it. And completely yes. forgot about what we talked about in the meantime. <laughs> the really fun one was us talking Infinity Game Infinity War and me guessing some of the stuff that happened in Endgame. Mm-hmm. Which I had forgotten I'd guessed by the time it came to Endgame because I was still surprised by it. Oh. Brilliant.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Listening back now to both of them together, I'm like, Wow. I really didn't spend too much too long thinking about it after we recorded, did I? <laughs> no. Nope. But today we're not talking uh, Avengers MCU endgame game things.
0: We are not. Today we are talking about Donnie Darko.
1: Yes. Do you want to tell us what Donnie Darko is about?
0: I had a really hard time figuring out what this movie was about even after I watched it, so I pulled this straight off of IMDb. IMDb says, A troubled teenager is plagued by visions of a man in a large rabbit suit who manipulates him to commit a series of crimes after he narrowly escapes a bizarre accident. Is two crimes a series of crimes? Yeah. It's only two. I'll have to ask your mom about that one.
1: Yeah, I think so, because series implies a plural, and two is a plural. All
0: right, if you say so.
1: A plural of crimes.
0: A plural of crimes, there we go.
1: (laughs) I mean, you know, the vandalism is at least one, if not two, or three. He steals a gun. He breaks into a house. He shoots a dude. Spoilers for Donnie Darko, by the way. Um,
0: <laughs> okay, fair enough. I was just considering <laughs> flooding the school and setting um, Patrick Swayze's house on fire as the two, but you're right. There were oh, other smaller things involved I in there.
1: Completely forgotten about the fire as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you have a description for it
0: for the film itself?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't because I, I, I don't know what genre this is, but I was reading about it because I had to go Google this movie after I watched it to figure out what the heck <laughs> I just watched, and I found this wonderful line. Um, God, this is an inter um, a review that was written back in two thousand and three. Um, Locusmag dot Okay, and in his review, he says. It's a weird, dark, science fiction, prophetic, teen angst, black comedy, romantic, time travel thriller, religious parable, which is too long a description for a category sign at Blockbuster. And I kind of feel like that's spot on.
1: And it tells you everything about this film. Mm -hmm. That, like, they're referencing Blockbuster, and at this point, Google did not exist. Yeah. Yeah, the film had a website. And there was extra info on the website, but it was not like, oh, let's have a discussion about it. Let's jump on Reddit right. and chat about the threads.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like a movie like this would have been better suited being made in the time of Google. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know mm-hmm. there were message boards and forums back then, but they weren't as widely used as they are today, for sure.
1: Yeah. Oh, there's, there's still really good websites on it. Uh, DonnyDarko.org.uk is actually really good. It's got loads of cool stuff on it. Okay. Okay. So how come you have not seen this film before?
0: I've only really tangentially heard of it. I never knew what it was about, but looking at the cover or like the movie poster makes it look like a horror action film because it's just the rabbit mask.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And that was certainly not a genre I cared for back then when I was in college.
1: Right.
0: So that's really all I got. I honestly had no idea what this movie was about. I thought, I didn't know the main character was a teenager. I thought it was about... Like a man, an assassin, some kind of crime dude. I don't know where, where I got that.
1: Yeah, where you pulled that from is a...
0: I have no idea, but yeah, not. I certainly had no idea that it was about a troubled teenager who okay. was seeing things and then there was time travel.
1: And then time travel was there. Good. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Tony Darko is a 2001 science fiction film. It was written and directed by Richard Kelly and stars Jake Gyllenhaal. Jenna Malone, Maggie Heelenhal, Drew Barrymore, <laughs> Mary McDonnell and Patrick Swayze. The film was released in a few cinemas in October 2001 with very limited marketing since the core plot involves a, a plane crash. However, it grossed $7.5 million at the box office and went on to be a hit on home video. It made a further $500,000 on the DVD in the US. And they then released a director's cut in 2004, which extended it and recontextualized bits of it. And there was a sequel in 2009 called S. Darko, what? which What? Which had DeVay Chase back as the younger sister and basically has no connection to this film outside of the fact she's cast in the name, as I understand it. Okay.
0: Interesting. Did not know about that.
1: Uh, Sam begins to have strange dreams that hint at a major catastrophe. The creator, Richard Kelly, said he had no involvement in the sequel as he does not own the rights to the original. Oh, bummer. The sequel received extremely negative reviews. <laughs> let's let's see if we can get you a number, some sort of thing to compare it to. Rotten Tomatoes gives the film Estarco a rating of 13%. 13? 13. Wow.
0: 13. Okay.
1: Uh, How were you able to watch Donnie Darko?
0: It was available for free on the Roku channel. Nice.
1: Yes. Very nice. I'm saying, yeah, you're going to enjoy having that, I think.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was, however, I believe the theatrical release and not the director's cut. Right. um, Which I feel like um, I saw it the way the studio intended me to see it, even though it's not Mm -hmm. how the director intended me to see it. But I feel like Mm -hmm. I missed a lot of stuff that I probably needed.
1: Okay, well, we'll dig into that in a second. I watched The Director's Cut, which is the version I have on DVD. Um, I've seen The Theatrical originally. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when The Director's Cut came out, my uncle bought it for me. And it has a very cool lenticular cover. I'll see if I can do like an Instagram video or something of it. Okay,
0: so this is a movie that you like. Generally, you don't keep DVDs of movies that you don't like.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's, It's one of those I want other people to see. Okay. Because yeah. it's interesting, I think there is there is discussion in this movie. Yeah, um, yeah, I get that more in the theatrical edition. Again, we'll you know dig into that. But so, mm, I'm looking forward to our chat. Um, in this film, we have the Helen Hall family <laughs> and Jenna <and> Malone <laughs> and other people.
0: It kills me when you do that.
1: Sorry, Hula hela Hanahan, as as he himself called it on the Prince of Persia tour press marketing someone someone when he was advertising prince of persia someone said to him how do you actually say your last name and he's like no one gets it right i don't even get it right it's actually sure. is it pronounced gillenhall yeah or Gilenhal? it's pronounced something along those lines and then and then the person interviewing him says do you know how many of your co-stars know how to spell your name right he's like i'm sure none of them do and the video I've seen is that same person interviewing Ben Kingsley and uh, Gemma Arterton saying, how do you spell Gyllenhaal?
0: <laughs> Did any of them get it right?
1: Only Gemma Arterton. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's funny.
1: He tells me it's actually pronounced Yellenhooly. Yes, so, yes, yeah. You know, we're, we're all wrong. We, we're all wrong, we're all wrong. But it doesn't really have it. the ring, the movie star ring. No. But he, But he himself has never, I think, formally said, this is how you say it. Okay. And he has said it differently in different situations. Okay, but there is this thing because it's I think Swedish that it is Helin Hall something on those lines.
0: Interesting. I've never heard so, anybody say it like that except for you.
1: Ah, he says the only people who can say it right are the Swedes and people like here. That I did find.
0: All right. Okay. <laughs> I was surprised, looking at uh, Jake's filmography, how few of things of his I've seen, since he just Mm -hmm. seems to be a presence that I'm aware Mm of. Um, The Day After Tomorrow and Brokeback Mountain, both of which were early in his career, though they both came after Donnie Darko. Mm
1: -hmm. I have not seen Brokeback Mountain. It was surprisingly good. Okay. I think it's just come on Amazon Prime, so I might... Mm.
0: Yeah, I remember it made me cry.
1: So, just flicking back to the MCU, you've not seen the new Spider-Man film? I have not. Just for people who are about to hear us discuss it on three or four episodes in a row, have you seen Spider-Man Homecoming yet?
0: Is that the first new Spider-Man?
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. Because you hadn't seen it by the time Endgame came out, and we did keep coming back to it. Yes.
0: No, no, I have seen the the one where they go to DC. Yes. Yes, I have seen that one, Um, but I haven't seen the one where they go to Europe. Cool. Okay, good. So, um, Jake's sister, Maggie, I, again, I know who she is. Like, she's a very recognizable face, a very recognizable name. Um, when I think of her, I think of the movie Secretary and Stranger Than Fiction.
1: Okay. Have you seen Secretary? Yes. Ah, that would be an interesting one to discuss on the podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it would.
1: (laughs) Mom, don't listen to that episode, please.
0: (laughs) Honestly, I was disappointed in the movie, but oh really? You okay. know, I, I might have a different opinion on it now than I did back then. I don't know. Um, we briefly talked about her when we did the Dark Knight.
1: Mm, true, true. So, um,
0: and the same with Jenna Malone. We briefly talked mm. about her because she was in Saved.
1: Yes, she was the star of Saved, I think.
0: Yes, she was. Yes.
1: yes. So. And she's also Lydia Bennett in the Kira Knightley Pride and Prejudice. <laughs>
0: Go, Bride and Bread is still a thing. I'm it's sorry, Laura. It's
1: all connected.
0: I'm sorry, Laura, if you're listening.
1: <laughs> I mean, there's a thing that this film has just way too many people in for its own good.
0: Yeah, the cast shocked me. Yeah. Honestly, they just kept appearing on screen. I was like, oh my God, that's Mary McDonnell. Oh my mm. God, that's Noah Wiley. Oh my God, that's Drew Barrymore.
1: Yeah. That's, that's what was going thing? through
0: my head as I was watching the intro.
1: And then on the flip side, so you've got these adults doing things, and then you've got the kids. So you've got the Helen Hall family, mm-hmm. who go on to be big things. Jenna Malone, who is fairly famous. You've got Seth Rogen in the background of scenes.
0: I did not catch him, but I saw him in the list on right. IMDb, the cast list.
1: You know the two douches? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's the shaven one.
0: <laughs> oh, Okay, and, I was thinking when, he looks really familiar, but I didn't right. know who he was. And yeah, then I, because I've also, I couldn't figure out who the, the other one looks like a Jonas brother. And I was like, who is that okay. guy?
1: <laughs> okay. And I
0: still don't know who he is because I couldn't figure out who he was in the IMDb list because his pictures are just so different. Mm. Um, But yeah, he looks like Joe Jonas from the 80s.
1: Oh, lucky him. <laughs> nice. Um, what would you compare this to? We always talk about similar material. Are there films you can compare this to?
0: It, that's a hard question with this one. Mm. Um, and so then I started thinking about movies that, for lack of a better word, are like a mind
1: Okay. F-. The yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. movie
0: where you watch it and you never actually know what's going on. And even when you get to the end, you're not entirely sure. Mm-hmm um and so the the closest things i could think of were memento inception um okay. that nicole kidman movie the others you oh, know where mm-hmm. like you find out one thing and it totally reframes the rest of the movie yep um and i guess the sixth sense fall, falls under that as well
1: yeah Shyamalan milan is the one who jumps out signs i think this kind of lots of different things that all tie together mm-hmm. into one idea um but it was definitely a trend in the, the, you know, 2000s and 2010s. Yes. Yes. Stylistically, the, the way it's put together, and this is the thing, we've not any ever covered this stuff before. For me, it's the most like Kubrick without being a Kubrick film. Okay. It's, it, just some of the sort of quiet lingeringness of it. When you think about films like The Shining, um, people who've seen 2001 would think of 2001. Even like Full Metal Jacket does stuff like this.
0: I think The Shining might be the only Kubrick film I've ever seen. Okay.
1: But yeah, it's, it's got a lot of that sort of style going on with it, which mm-hmm. I think is what appealed to me, certainly when I saw this when it came out. Okay,
0: that makes sense.
1: I love me some Kubrick, so. <laughs>
0: All right. Mm. We may need to have, like, a Kubrick month or something.
1: Oh, yes, please. And then you finally probably it. get 2001. <laughs> Yeah, you are gonna have the worst month. <laughs>
0: oh God! All right, let's put that off for a little while then. I, yeah, I take right. it back.
1: <laughs> um, enjoy is not the right word. Did you enjoy Donnie Darko?
0: That's not the right word.
1: You yeah. know, I I
0: don't think I enjoyed it. I think okay. I found it interesting, and I found myself wanting to watch more because I hoped that I would finally have a moment of clarity. Okay. Of what was happening on the screen? <laughs> right. Unfortunately, I never actually got it. Mhm. So yeah, that, I mean that's really that's all I got.
1: Okay. It was interesting. Okay. You, you've gone away since watching it and you've done a bit of background mm-hmm. reading, side side reading trying to figure it out what it makes to you. Yes. What is your take on this movie? Whether, whether that's your take on what happens or whether it's your take on is this movie any good or not? It can be either. It can be both. But what's your take on this movie?
0: Well, I think that's a tough question to answer, especially having now read all of the extra textual stuff, because large swaths of this movie are dependent on your understanding of things that weren't actually in the movie.
1: Okay.
0: Um, so it, let me let me back up and try to give some context. One of the first websites I went to when I – I think I literally Googled what the hell happened in Donnie Darko. Right.
1: So I was yeah, trying yeah, to figure okay. it out. Like I literally
0: <laughs> – that was my Google search. And the first thing I came up to started talking about things like um, the living receiver and the manipulated dead and all of these other – terms that Mm -hmm. did not appear in the movie at all Mm. and so and on the first one i was like okay this guy is just making shit up like (laughs) this is like conspiracy theory level crap it's fan fiction i'm not going to read this and so then i went to another website that i actually think might have been like on variety.com or something and they were using the same terms and i was like (laughs) okay i really need to pay attention to this and so then i was actually reading through it and so much of the movie is dependent on the text of the book that he had, The Philosophy of Time Travel, mm-hmm. that apparently they delve into somewhat in the director's cut. Yeah. And none of that is in the theatrical version, which is what I saw. Like, the book no. is, and he refer- he references the book itself. Mm-hmm. Like, we see it, we see the cover, the title. But we don't get any of the contents. The most we get is in his letter to Roberta Sparrow that he is experiencing the same things that she described in the book. Yeah. But we don't get to learn what those are other than the liquid things out of your chest. Okay. And so I I think now that I know all of that information, I think the idea behind it is fascinating Mm. And I think it has potential to be a really great story. But what the studio made him do for the theatrical cut was a very poor execution of that story.
1: Yes. I don't 100% agree if I can throw my take.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Because I I like the ambiguity of the theatrical cut. That you can watch it and just go, that was weird. (laughs) Or you can try to take it apart and be like... (laughs) okay, there's stuff going on here. There are, there are all these pieces and I don't necessarily have enough pieces to complete the puzzle, mm-hmm. but I can sort of understand the shape and the connections between them, something like that. Mm-hmm. The, the director's cut does take away some of that ambiguity because it breaks the film into chapters and gives you some of the pages of the book at like the beginning of each of those chapters. Mm-hmm. So like a, a paragraph appears on the screen that has some of those phrases like manipulated dead and so on. That makes it very clear, okay, this is an alternate universe that we're seeing, that he's living in, and the stuff he does in the alternate universe allows the alternate universe to exist and then be wiped out at the end.
0: Yeah, see, I had no idea we were living in an alternate universe until I started Mm. reading things. Like, I got the time loop. And then, so obviously that gives you an alternate universe. But from my perspective, until I started reading about it, The new universe where he dies is the alternate Mm -hmm. universe to me. Mm. Because from my perspective, what I saw from the beginning was he lived. Mm. Right? It's kind of like Looper.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good good. Him
0: dying creates the alternate universe, and that's not what happened. Mm -hmm. And you don't understand those mechanics. You don't understand the time travel mechanics at all until you read the extra textual stuff that the director intended I don't know if it was ever intended to be in the movie. And I think that's just why I struggle with it a little bit because I don't necessarily want all of the questions answered, Mm -hmm. but I needed a few more dots connected because I couldn't tell, like, there was one point where I thought Donnie was a paranoid schizophrenic who made up the rabbit based on when i finally heard his sister say something about a frank Mm
1: -hmm. i was like
0: oh my god frank's a real person he's Mm. made up this imaginary friend in his head based on somebody in real life did this person do something to him like why you know and and that's way off base that doesn't have anything to do with anything
1: but that's also yeah the thing that you bring to films like this Mm -hmm. trying to be like i'm gonna work this out I am just going to understand all of this.
0: Maybe. Maybe that's just a flaw in me. I just... I, no, but no, I don't mean no, to understand everything. Great.
1: But no, no. I like the way you watch stuff and you're like, right, right. This is a puzzle. This is a challenge to mm-hmm. my integrity as a film watcher. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to beat the program.
0: Yeah. At one point, <laughs> I, I thought Gretchen wasn't real. That she was a vision, just like the rabbit. Okay. Right. Like, there was so much stuff going on. And I was trying to make it make sense in a linear fashion. Okay. And when you have time loops you can't really do that.
1: No. I, and I, Like I say there is a thing in this as well. that I. I don't think it matters. Yeah. I, 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 again compare it to. Oh, I'm sure there's something in Kubrick like this. Like there's a reason for these events to have happened like this. There's there's an aspect to this that it's just weird stuff going on to puzzle you. Mm hmm. Like, it's just uh, weird
0: for the sake of being weird.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: I tend to not enjoy those sorts of things. Yes. I need a reason.
1: I, exactly. Like, that's the nice thing about signs. There's all this weird stuff of like their different foibles and personalities and the things she said while she was dying mm-hmm. that then come together to the end to like. There's something else at work here that's sort of joining all the dots together yeah. quite nicely. Yeah.
0: Well, in my reading, Richard Kelly had those answers. Mm. He just, he either chose not to give them to us or wasn't allowed to. I'm not clear on that.
1: But of both, I think as a filmmaker, he probably didn't want to give everything away. Because mm-hmm. if you know all the details, I think, the fact, and this is the thing with the, the director's car, I think it's a little less interesting. Okay. But that's because this this appeals to me so much. Mm-hmm. Like, whereas the director's cut is perhaps more accessible for more people.
0: Okay. Okay, mm. that makes sense.
1: Mm. Um, I'm trying to find, here we go. I have a, so I was talking to a friend of the podcast, Kate Gillivan, who is on Twitter as something that I now can, can't remember.
0: I do human things.
1: Who is on Twitter as at I do human things. Uh, we were talking about Donnie Darko. Her comment was, talk about a formative movie. Throughout middle school, people would use understanding that movie as proof of depth.
0: Okay, they were lying.
1: And I, But I can see that as a thing of like, because I remember Inception coming out and people having the same thing like, did you understand it or not? Mm-hmm. And, you know. It, it tested your your intellect or something. Yeah,
0: yeah, one of the reviews that I read had, it like, in the introduction, it talked about that kind of thing, too. But it was very clear. Looking back on it, people lied. <laughs>
1: <laughs> fair, fair.
0: Like, if you were cool enough to know that you were supposed to understand it and could articulate that you did, then you were lying, but you were still cool, right? Because mm-hmm. you knew you were supposed to. Um. Or Yeah, that i yeah. just i own it i did not understand this movie
1: great good the <laughs> next question then do you need to understand a film to and again enjoy is not the right word but to get that sense of enjoyment from it to to have that sense of time well spent taking something in even if you come away with like not sure i enjoy, like i, I got that but i, no, I enjoyed I the journey
0: i don't think you have to i think um because there was a lot in this that I did appreciate. Okay. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal's performance. Hmm. Um. God, it was ridiculously creepy in some places. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like that. That creepy smile. Yeah. Um. So yes, I I enjoyed the performances, and and I could see the vision that inspired the movie was absolutely. Mm. C- creative? I don't know what word I'm looking for there. It's right, not yeah, just yeah. creative, but um, yeah. I don't know. It's it's one of those things like, I don't, did you watch The Walking Dead at all? No. Oh. There's a scene a couple seasons back where Carol, she's one of the characters, and she's kind of gone through a mental break, and she wakes up in a community and she just starts laughing, and she goes, I don't know what the hell is going on, but it's absolutely delightful. And that's kind of how I feel. Okay. I mean, delightful is probably the wrong word, but it's,
1: you
0: know, you don't have to know what's going on to be amused or inspired or to have your intellect or your curiosity triggered.
1: Okay. So your answer there basically means we can watch more weird stuff.
0: We can watch more (laughs) weird stuff. Yes. There are weird things that I do like.
1: Yeah, let's watch two-hour mood poems. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, and I don't dislike this; I just don't think I liked it. Okay, so that, I—I I don't know if that makes uh, sense at all.
1: No, absolutely fair. Uh, you mentioned the performances and characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there's a lot of characters and stuff we could talk in talk on talk on this. The one who's almost the most grounded, who has the most sort of real story is drew barrymore
0: Mm, yeah and
1: i find her such an interesting character because i can see that especially when you're in high school and watching this you'd be like oh man i'd love to have a teacher like that who just speaks truth to power and she's so cool Mm -hmm. and she's good looking and she reads them like censored stuff that they shouldn't be hearing because she's such a great teacher is she a great teacher Yeah, she's the kind of
0: teacher who tells the new girl to sit next to the boy she thinks is the cutest. Right? That's kind of an asshole thing to do. Yeah. (laughs) But I still liked her.
1: It's hard not to, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, part of that is Drew Barrymore. She's very easy to like. She's kind of cool. Yeah. But yeah, that thing of like, sit next to the boy you think is the cutest. And Jenna Malone's like... Uh right? <laughs> none of the boys like J Glen good looking man. He's not so good looking in this.
0: <laughs> no, he he's just young. That, he's got like, the
1: brooding thing going on right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm.
0: She did rock the um the eighties shoulder pads really, really well
1: though. <laughs> yeah, right. I I liked the light touch of the eighties. There was a little bit more of the music than You know, they went heavy on having 80s backing music through a lot of it, but it didn't feel like some things that do the sort of stuff that have to have, hey, we're in the 80s, so we've got people with big mobile phones, and we've got the shoulder pads, Mm and we've got sideways ponytails, and some people have perms, and like just shouting out every 80s thing they can.
0: Yeah. Well, I think think Kelly really was trying to be as realistic as possible in his Mm -hmm. odd sci-fi psychological yeah. thriller religious parable movie. <laughs> like and yeah, I, I, I find though. that mm. interesting. Um uh, let me see if I can find it. There was something in this same review that I got the genre list out of um that reframed the movie for me in in a way that was interesting.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So he's answering a question of why all of these things happen. Um and why Frank intervened, which ended up causing his death. Mm-hmm. Like, that's kind of the question, like in the circular time loop mm-hmm. thing. And so this person wrote without Frank's intervention, Donnie would have died anyway. With it, Donnie gets an additional 28 days, 6 hours, 42 minutes, and 12 seconds of life in the Bubble Universe. And during that time, he gets to tell off idiot authorities, flood his school, unmask an evil hypocrite, gain a beautiful girlfriend, and finally make love to her. In short, he gets to experience something pretty close to the ultimate realistic adolescent male (laughs) fantasy of how you would live your last month. It's his (laughs) earthly reward for laying down his life. And that recontextualized the movie for me. Okay. Honestly, Mm. Mm. because I went through the movie thinking, wow, this, this teenage boy is really super troubled. Mm. He's weird, you know, and I don't understand what's actually happening, but whenever you list the events that happened this way, and this is exactly what happened. It really, you know, he stood up and he told off Jim Cunningham and, you know, he did all of these things. And so that helped me reframe it as Richard Kelly really was trying to do something grounded in reality. Mm. Even though it's this fantastical science fiction story, he still has that foundation. Yeah. And I think so many authors who write sci-fi and or fantasy try so hard to get away from reality because they're exploring their fantastical world. Mm Mm-hmm that it makes it super less relatable yeah and and so I think that is something I appreciate about Kelly's vision and and what Kelly's trying to do as a writer and director whether mm. he pulled it off or not I don't know I may not be the right person to answer that question
1: yeah uh, but it's hard to write something you know especially sci-fi and even and fantasy you know, mm-hmm. this is the same sort of thing I said about Nightwatch. like. So often fantasy ends up as the Tolkien stuff. Yes. Far away lands and elves and wizards. Mm-hmm. Doing it in a modern setting is, it, it suddenly felt at that time and this time this was coming out like it's a little refreshing. I wonder mm-hmm. if he is trying to play a little bit of that Back to the Future vibe as well. Maybe. Because you know, we get that reference of Back to the Future, mm-hmm. just, you know. So is there something there that he's like, I want to set it in a time that is accessible and not make it. Mm-hmm. out there. Although it is out there because it's yeah. possibly weird wormhole aliens creating a a, a portal and an alternate universe that they control. It is like This is the sort of malarkey the prophets get up to on Bajor, frankly.
0: <laughs> yeah, That's actually what I was going to say. You said wormhole aliens. I was like, oh, well, we're yeah. talking about the prophets now.
1: It's like exactly the sort of stuff that goes on on that show.
0: Yeah, okay. it absolutely is. Okay.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, I think... Well, that helps me understand the vision, if not the actual movie itself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. I, I Like I said, th- I think if it had more of a point to it, a reason these all th- these things actually happened, which that gives us a little bit of. Like, okay, so we've killed Donnie by mistake because we opened a portal that dropped a plane on him, a plane engine on him. <laughs> Let's do something that allows him to, oh, if we do this thing, that means he's going to kill someone through all these different actions. So we can use that puppy because they've died in this alternate universe. So we can take them back and cause them to get him out of bed. And... <sighs> cause and effect, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Are there any other characters that we want to touch on? You mentioned Jim Cunningham there, which is a weird inclusion. Um, I the- still
0: don't know why he was in this movie other than, you know, the way that, that sentence was just phrased. He got to like Donnie mm. got to expose a child pervert, mm. you know, a pedophile, whatever. Not child, he wasn't a child. He was a pervert. He was a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> um, his inclusion in the movie was weird. The way he was sprinkled in, like I almost thought we were getting ready to see like the beginning of a cult. The way people were worshiping him so much.
1: There was an aspect of that, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Um. And and so. By the time we got to the end of it, I still can't circle around and understand what the point of him was, mm. especially since in the real universe that we're left with, he's not caught.
1: There's a thing on I think the official website that he did kill himself. Mm. Like yeah, because we get we see
0: this. the um, he wakes up crying, mm. indicating that. The people who were involved in the alternate universe have some sort of lingering emotional, mental remnants of that time.
1: Yeah. Um. Uh, like the way from mm-hmm. Jenna Malone to Mary McDonald.
0: But here's a plot hole for that one. Mm-hmm. Gretchen mm-hmm. never met Donnie's mom. Prove it. I can't prove it, but it didn't happen on screen.
1: But no, we should have absolutely seen it, shouldn't we? Yes, if they were if gonna you...
0: make it such a big deal at the end, yeah, we should have like seen them talk to mm. each other or something.
1: Or she sees her photo when she's at the party or something. Just yeah, yeah. yeah you need you need those few seconds. Mm-hmm. Mm. Weirdness.
0: What about you? Are there other minor characters that you really enjoyed in this one, or not minor characters?
1: Um, let's think about who's in it. Let's see if there's anyone else we haven't touched on. That, and and actually, you reminded me of something I was thinking about, the Patrick Swayze character. Like, is there an aspect of this, of Richard Kelly writing what he knew? And his town did weird stuff like this, had minor celebrities starting their own cult, weird happiness thing I don't know I don't know that we have an answer to that (laughs) but but like if we're saying why was that included he's just writing like small town life in this time in the 80s and he's writing what his life was like
0: okay maybe Mm, I
1: don't know Uh, Michael Dukakis was in this
0: I found it interesting that the Google synopsis of this starts with during the presidential election year of 1988. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, you know, they did talk about the election a little bit, but that really had nothing to do with anything in the story.
1: Yeah. Uh, this was kind of my question for you. Is there something about the fact that she says, like, I'm going to vote for Dukakis instead of Bush? Like, is that important? Was it just a foregone conclusion that Bush was always going to win that one?
0: Oh, I have no idea.
1: Okay. I wondered if there was, like, something famous about it. Like, if you said something in the mid-60s um, and you're like, oh, I'm going to vote for that nice Nixon chap. He sounded great on radio uh, about Nixon and Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Like, th- there was a thing in there. There is historical context for it and there were things that would come out of it. So you sort of get why you might make those references or jokes and so on. I've never heard Dukakis reference in a film uh-uh. <laughs> and talked about it in such detail like it does here.
0: I mean, I can only assume that it's because they were making some sort of show of how this family was Republican and the daughter's growing up and she's going to vote the opposite. Yeah. But they didn't follow it through. Like, it's like they started pulling that thread, but we didn't get mm-hmm. enough of the sister to really know why it matters.
1: Yeah. Because he was, he was a Democrat, wasn't he?
0: Dukakis was a Democrat, yeah.
1: Yes, okay. Um. Yeah, no, it just, uh, you know, that sort of thing is a little lost on me, so I didn't know if there was something more to it.
0: If there is, it's before my time.
1: So, so in Maggie <laughs> going to vote for Dukakis, is that that she is just going against the family? Possibly. Is she actually just trying to thumb her nose at her dad and rile him up and stuff?
0: Possibly. I mean, so she's also, she's doing her gap year, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And she's, But she's getting ready to go to Harvard. So she's still doing what her family wants, but yeah. they didn't want her to do the gap year, and they clearly don't want her to vote Democrat, so maybe... Mm -hmm. Um, But it's hard to say. I mean, it's one of those things I think that's ambiguous enough that you can make your own interpretation of it okay, without it really mattering so much.
1: Yeah. Because I do love all the small characters in this. Not small characters, the non-major characters. Mm -hmm. Um, Because everyone has a bit of a story going on. Mm -hmm. Whether it influences things or not, you know, we've mentioned the teachers and Jim Cunningham and so on. But you've got uh, Charita Chen, who has this really interesting thing of she's clearly bullied because people are assholes. Um,
0: So many people in this movie was an asshole.
1: And, and that's just, I, I think, a commentary of, like, this is just what people are like. Yes, And they're just picking on her for the most obvious things, which is why it goes to racism as the first thing and her size as the next. Mm-hmm. But then she has this, like, massive crush on Donny that appears to tell him, like, oh, actually, I am important. I can do stuff. It's just, it's one moment amongst many in the film, but it's kind of like, she has a whole story going on that we have not seen. Yeah. I like it. I I, I like the depth of writing that allows everyone to have that sort of time Mm -hmm. Um, to give us some of those characters.
0: Yeah, they're not just there for a single line. Mm. They're thought out and they are the centre of their own story. We just don't know what that story is.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And and like the fact that Donnie does stand up to his friends when they're picking on her. Not necessarily every time, I think. Mm -hmm. But he is also a bit like Come on. And his friends do a whole thing about like, oh, it's, you know, when he, when he takes a smoke and they're like, oh yeah, that's the thing. isn't it? It's like, it's a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just, come on, stop trying to be bigger than you are. Right. Right.
0: <laughs> but again, teenage boys.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Did you have any favorite lines or moments from this movie?
1: We, we've touched on the opening dinner table sequence uh, and that's a really good introduction to this family. Mm-hmm um because they are trying to be upper middle class they're clearly got some wealth got some privilege in this world Mm -hmm. and are debating politics in some way around the table but are also just swearing at each other because they're not above it
0: (laughs) how exactly does one suck a it's great you can bleep that if you want to (laughs) oh we'll see um
1: Yeah, I just. It's it's a really nice introduction to everyone because everyone gets a moment there. Mary McDonald is a bit exasperated, but is also not like. They've clearly had this argument before. She's lost and she's moved on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? Yeah, it's good. I, mm-hmm. I like that scene as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 one that's just come to me and talking about all the small characters and him with his friends, we've got to have that Smurfette scene. Ugh. <laughs> all right. Now, the Smurfette thing is is a whole thing unto itself anyway, and the writing of Smurfette and so on, but the detail they go into, not just the, like, why Smurfette is there and and the, the, like you say, the typical male Uh teen boy thing about Smurfette, but then the detail Donnie goes into with it, and his friends are just like, oh, you ruined our Smurf fun.
0: Yeah. (laughs) You're too smart for us, Donnie. I think they say something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good.
0: Yeah. It was well written. How about that? And,
1: and like the Dukakis thing, there's so much, it gets so much time in the film. You feel it should mean something or come to something. It's just a good moment in the film. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that as a few of them. Yeah.
0: Okay. Mm.
1: How, how about you? Anything that stood out?
0: No, not really. Okay. <laughs> um, if I have to narrow it down, I would say we've already talked about Jake Gyllenhaal's performance. Mm-hmm. Because it was actually really good. Um, yeah. he had the chops to do it. And this mm. is not the kind of character I think of when I think of Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, really? Um, but I think of him more as a clean cut American boy, not a troubled
1: arsonist. Oh, interesting. Okay.
0: Yeah. So it, it was, just, it, it was different, mm. but I, I thought he pulled it off really, really, really well. And then while we were talking, I did remember I got a kick out of the scene after he, told his teacher to shove the book up her ass and he Mm -hmm. got sent to the principal's office and his dad was so tickled by it. Like, he didn't get in trouble. He got in trouble with the school, but not with his family. Yeah. I appreciated that.
1: Yeah, I I do like the way that's cut together. You don't get to see what he said Mm -hmm. until a bit later where she says it exasperatedly back in the thing with the principal. Mm -hmm. And the dad laughs a moment on. It's just like, oh.
0: Well, especially the way she put it. Yeah. Um, because she tried to be all proper with it.
1: Yeah, so. he told me to, to insert this far into my victim. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that that was that was cute. Not yeah. cute. Cute's not the right word, but it's funny. It's good. So it's not a bad movie. It's not. It's <laughs> it's not for everyone. I think. Hmm. And I think if you're the sort of person who really enjoys this kind of ambiguity ambiguous puzzle Mm -hmm. this would be right up your alley if you're the type of person who likes to watch these kinds of movies over and over again and see what little thing you might catch the next time
1: yeah yeah this is definitely
0: the movie for you
1: right uh
0: joseph loves this movie
1: oh really i I did mean to ask
0: yeah he we didn't talk about it too much um Mm -hmm. he said he's really interested to hear our episode about it okay But, um, yeah, he loves it. He said that after the first time he watched it, he kind of got obsessed with trying to figure it out. And so he went down some of those Google rabbit holes.
1: Nice, nice.
0: Um, But he really, really enjoys it and has seen it many times.
1: Cool. So this is
0: definitely, there is an audience for this, absolutely.
1: Hmm. Well, Joseph, let us know what you think. You can join in the conversation by using the hashtag PCDeprived on Twitter. And you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Eloquent Gushing. And Joseph, directly to you, you can email us using podcast at eloquentgushing.com. Or you can leave us a voice message. You're not allowed to talk to Mandy about this. I forbid it. You can leave us a voice message at speakpipe.com slash eloquentgushing.
0: Is this two movies in a row that we've called him out specifically? (laughs)
1: Probably. Actually, that's the other thing. Part of the reason for picking this was because we did Four Weddings and a Funeral, and it's like. Well, we should go to something a little bit different. What's a little bit different than four weddings and a funeral?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Donnie Dargo.
1: This is quite different. (laughs) It is
0: quite different from most things, actually. All right. Well, pop deprived is 100% funded by listeners like you through our Patreon page. So any amount you can give, even $1 a month, will give you access to wonderfully fun exclusive content like Matthew and I talking about our excellent adventures every month. It also helps to support our network and helps us develop new shows. So if you would like to find out more and even maybe find out how to get wonderful merch like stickers and coasters and all sorts of fun things like that, you can visit patreon.com slash eloquent gushing. Now I have to do that one so you can get your last line in, don't
1: I? We can swap last lines if you want?
0: No. <laughs> okay. You do it so well. Unless you want to say, until next time, I'm Mandy Kay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's my life's ambition.
0: <laughs> and we will be back with another new episode in May, where we are going to talk about John Wick 2. So don't forget to look for our MCU film discussions over the next four weeks. And until next time, I am Mandy Kay.
1: And how much are they paying you to do this? Culturally Deprived is an Eloquent Gushing production. For more information, go to eloquentgushing.com or find us on Twitter at Eloquent Gushing.